0: Hello, I'm Craig Constantine.
1: Hi, Craig. And I'm Nicole Coulter.
0: (laughs) Hi, Nicole. Uh, So Nicole Coulter, who I'm talking with today, is a college educator who's been exploring podcasting. And quite frankly, like how should we describe her in one sentence is exactly what we want to talk about because, Nicole, um, you and I know each other through the podcasting workshops that are done through Akimbo. And kind of to my surprise, you have gone back into the current cohort and not only are you there as a remarkable, Hey, congrats. That's well-deserved, but you are also creating, I don't want to quite say a podcast, but you're creating a project around exploring education. Um, So the first thing is, can you unpack what are the questions that are in your mind that you're trying to get a handle on um, using podcasting?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, when I joined the podcasting workshop, I went in with the mindset that I'm going to create. I later came to know it as a host on mic podcast where um, a lot of educators look at ways to flip their classroom, which means how do we actually be more uh, engaged with our students during the time when they're with us? And how do we take Mm -hmm. things that might look like lectures and put them in the time that the students are not with us because it's so passive right so that was my original intent and then as i started to sort of interject or intertwine with everyone else's ideas in the workshop mm. i basically realized like oh wait interviewing what place could that have and i'm and it wasn't with me then i took me and put me to the side and started to think like how could my students like how could they learn by interviewing other people and um, and then like the creation process and what is that teaching me? And I actually teach management. So my course structure had always been where I designed it. So students would be in self-managed teams that would co-create mm. our learning experience. And yet they still, to some extent, I turned them into le- like groups of lecturers because they didn't <laughs> know, they didn't know any other way. And, right. and when I finally decided like, okay, I think I need to change that up because that's, it's not active learning. Like they're, they're active when they're trying to prepare for that, but when everybody's listening to it, it still just becomes this passive experience. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so I finally just said, and it, and it kind of tied into just another one of my passions, which is that, you know, in the open source kind of movement that we're in a space where, um, People are making really good content and doing it collaboratively. Wikipedia and open, there's open educational resources and open educational commons. And, you know, I wanted to switch to an open educational resource textbook, an OER textbook, And I didn't have time to really even read the textbook. (laughs) So I was like, all right, like I'm making this switch for spring, the pandemic. Everything made me like say like I if I could save my students one hundred and forty five dollars a piece, like I should do that. right? Right. But how how do I do that? And then so those I just put those two things together and said, um, well, what if we just interviewed the authors of these different chapters? they the different chapters.
0: W- what are you seeing? Um, so, okay, so the first question I have is, do the students know anything about this yet, or is this just in Nicole's headspace at the moment?
1: So, well, so each semester I get a new group of students. So when my spring students came in, they did not know anything about it. And I will be quite honest, neither did I. I had a vision. And again, I teach management. So I'm very honest with my students. Like, here's the vision for this semester. And we are going to have to really learn how to plan, organize, and lead, and control this this project mm. together. Um, so we learned a lot. Like, There's one episode that I feel is completed to what I would consider to be the, the standard I'm kind of looking for. Right. There were three others that I still have to decide how I handle the fact that um, those are various levels of completeness. <laughs>
0: Who was the sous chef and who was the chef? All right, it it makes a difference. Yeah, Um, do
1: I want to serve it up? You know, but I have. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because
0: my my curiosity is often just generally, my curiosity is often like at like, ooh, meta, 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 like to to try and zoom out and figure out, because I think that's a good way to figure out whether or not an experience I just had, like you come away, you're like, wow, I learned something. Okay, did I learn something because I went in with the intention of learning, or did I learn something because I went and did the thing and then I meta learned? You know, and and reason I'm asking about whether the students your the current batch. I don't know if that's an appropriate term for. Is that a, or do you call it a gaggle? I don't, <laughs> the, the current. Best-
1: uh, the, the, the current, current gang semester cohort. students yeah the yeah. current
0: semester students who are involved in working with you to co-create both the artifacts you know the finished podcast but they're also co-creating the way that the module what it would be, how it would work, slash what it's supposed to deliver. So the question I have here is like the meta question. So the next time you do this, and and I'm hoping you've thought about this and that you don't go, oh no, the next time you do this, are you going to try and reproduce the co-creation experience that the students have? Or are you imagining that when it's all done, you're going to have tools and processes and maybe we do the textbook each time. Maybe we pick a different textbook. You see what I'm saying? Like, is the meta experience that your current cohort of students are getting, is that going to be a feature of what you want to repeat each time?
1: So I'm not sure I'm completely understanding. I'm in the middle of the summer. <laughs> no, let me just explain. Like, I'm in the middle of the summer. So I'm trying to reflect on what happened in the spring mm. and what do I need to, what, what minimum foundation, like, what, what am I sure of? that I want to bring forward and what kinds of things are open for discussion. So, I mean, I go into the semester where my whole syllabus is open to discussion with my students. Like they can comment on it. They can challenge grading policies. Not that they would, cause I, I got rid of tests and it's, I'm using ungrading now. So they, they kind of are just trying to wrap their head around. What does that even mean? Keeps them um, distracted, right? But I mean, it's everything about my, um, pedagogy is what they call it, is about Mm -hmm. trying to decentralize the power dynamics that are normal inside of classrooms so that they get the sense of what it's like to have that decentralized in a workforce. And a distributed workforce is kind of more decentralized like that too. So a lot of it ties into the fact that I teach management, but I know I'd find a way to do things like this if I wasn't teaching management. But I guess what I think you're asking is like going into the there will always be changes like because right. that's part of like we're always reflecting on if this isn't working then it's the manager's job to 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 bring it and fix it to create so we create job aids right that management that's a big tool of management i say a lot of times if managers are complaining about their employees it's because they haven't done their job well they haven't given them the tools right to do it but in my class i'm not the manager i'm the leader and they're all managers. And so if there's something they're saying isn't working, then they have to bring it to peer's attention and then my attention. And then we say, now what what it what should it look like? Mm-hmm. And how do we create it? And how do we move it forward for others? So they did um, they didn't get to really write procedures this past time because it was all new. But by the end of the semester, the goal will be to have the first season podcast episodes completed, which means we'll interview the rest of the textbook chapter authors and put out eighteen mm-hmm. um, episodes. And for other professors who use this textbook to actually use with their students, because the textbooks it's a great all resource, of, right? Exactly. To have
0: eighteen different authors, you know, engaged firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you when you do this with the next cohort of your students. Well, I'm thinking you're not going to do the exact same podcast. Uh, Are you thinking you pick a different book or are you thinking that each time it would be up to them to select the target? Like what's the thing we're organizing the project around? Is it, would that be up to them each time?
1: Um, I haven't gotten that far. So fall 2021, they have to, we're going to complete this first series of episodes. And then my spring 2022 students will have that. And like some things I think I'd like to do is, having them interview um, or have conversations, which I love your perspective on that, um, have conversations with people who are actually practicing management inside mm. of organizations. Because I actually got a really? grant to do this. Like I applied for a grant to do this, partly because I wanted to also make sure I was um, – there are people in my state <laughs> – who believe these are these are good ways to do things. And then some of my peers, I get the impression like, do it? do you really think this is learning when it so, looks so different? Like my classroom, like if you right. came into my classroom, you'd see me looking like I'm doing nothing that looks like normal teaching, right? So right. Um, so I really did want to just connect to people in my state who were also doing stuff. So that way of doing that was kind of applying for a grant. And so I made a promise to them that I would deliver these 18 yeah, here's episodes. The thing.
0: Yeah. But
1: after that, I'm free to do to, to go to the next level. And like I said, interviewing people in, side of organizations and in and really having them almost do like we do in the podcasting workshop like start with the low-hanging fruit the 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 most gettable going to the or the least gettable Mm. yeah you know what i'm saying most gettable the least gettable (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and see Sorry how far our, brother. because I actually think it would be interesting for them to see how far they could get, like the kinds of people they could have conversations with, even if it's not the individual who gets there, but another team, you're like, right. Oh my gosh, you interviewed that person. Like that's, how did you even do that? And that then it was
0: on our impossible list when we first imagined this, right?
1: Yeah. Because
0: I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I was just going to say the, so we're, we started at the top by, I, I was saying that you're investigating podcasting um, in the context of education. And I'm wondering, is there anything about either podcasting specifically, you know, like recording audio and slinging across the internet or audio more generally that you think makes this work so well as a way for the students to learn? Like, is there, is there something special about that yes. versus let's all make a wiki website that describes a, the textbook and what the authors had to say?
1: Um, Absolutely. So uh, one of the foundational skills of any sort of person is communication. So I think it's, it's, uh, and the art of conversation has kind of been lost, I think, over this last generation with texting and everything being like wikis, like, they did that, right? Mm -hmm. You do those things. But um, I think putting people in a position where they think about how they actually and they get to reflect on, because they actually get to listen to themselves afterwards. they get to know
0: <laughs> shit gets real when you hear your recorded voice, yes.
1: yeah, um, they get to know what they're how they're sounding. Uh, I mean and and it's funny because I never even put this together, but like my first career was in financial services, and I wound up uh in a customer service line, servicing people all over the country. And I used to live in New York City. So I had a very strong New York accent. And I was getting criti- not criticized, but like joked with because I I serviced brokers around the country. So I had like, ongoing relationship with them. And they were like, water? You're gonna you want some water? And like, I was <laughs> like,
0: going to the library, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and so it was because of hearing them consistently say it back to me that I was like, I could fix this. Like, I don't, and it because the new york accent isn't something that i even like liked hearing in my own ears but i didn't really think like how do you change it but it's with mm. intention right so most people don't realize that i grew up in new york occasionally when i start talking about it then you might hear me say talking about it or something that's more like how i used to sound but, you know mm. so i think that it just gives you it gives them that perspective but the creator be, turning them into creators is another one of my big goals that they see all this content. And, you know, they may have told somebody at some point that they'd love to be a YouTuber. I'm like, well, then why aren't you doing it? Like, what is stopping you? <laughs> and they're like, well, everybody else told me it's like, and I'm like, no, there's nothing stopping. stop. I mean, and, and then you get to like, introduce them to all the concepts of like, just do it anyway. Like, you yeah. don't have to. So I think there's a lot of you. I love talking the meta things. There's a my one of my most inspiring educators was Randy Pauch who did the last lecture yes. which mm-hmm. and you know in that he talks about the head fake and the the sort of indirect learning you're trying to get that you know is a goal of what you're doing and i feel like i have more indirect learning outcomes that i think are mm. more important than the sort of course stated learning outcomes
0: yeah. and Mike. so <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, um, so that's, I think, why I'm doing those things. I don't know if that's, yeah.
0: And I know you had, uh, so I've been involved in some of the discussions, you know, where you're talking about like, what tools are we going to use? How do we do this? How should we structure it? Do you think there's anything that, so zoom out a little bit for some context. What you're doing with podcasting isn't certainly an interesting, but I don't know that I've seen anybody else really try and use it in that sort of educational context. So we'll call it unique. So what you're doing is a unique application of audio medium and podcasting and audio creation and do you think there's anything that you've seen that would be a good takeaway lesson for those of us who are just doing host on mic or who are just doing journalistic interviews or just doing, like as I am, regular conversations?
1: Um, so before I did this, another thing I had done was I started hosting a meetup where people were asking me questions about... Um, Self-directed education is something I studied and I'm very passionate about. And when I was hosting that, I realized I was kind of running it like kind of like a round table with a live audience. Like a, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I've just experimented. I feel like experiment is is a sort of thing I'd love to offer up to people. Is that like just um, you might have your this is what I've normally been doing, but like record other things and consider how that audio might be able to be turned into something more and have the experience of um, creating those spaces for people might actually be a valuable learning. You know, when I distinguish between medium method and assessment, it's like medium when we're listening to things, right? A textbook's a medium. A podcast is a learning medium. But when you're creating the podcast, then you're using it as a method of learning, Mm. And, and when your um, professor, if your teacher or professor uses the creation to, to actually assess whether you're getting the content that you're talking about, then it can replace things like tests and papers and things that I feel like um, others, I don't prefer to use those. You know, Others may still love those, but I kind of feel like I would love to get to where I could share not a map with other teachers, like they have to follow it to the letter, but that they have a an examples to follow of other educators who are experimenting with this and finding success
0: hmm. What's the most surprising moment that you can recall when in like when you're watching the students do this educational like what's the most surprising moment you remember
1: so um This semester, I guess the things that I found surprising were the students who decided to do something with audio outside of what I had assigned, right? So I had one student who took to sending me voice recordings in Microsoft Teams, which is what I use as our Mm -hmm. learning management system. And I don't know if she would have done that if it wasn't for the fact that audio was such a part of the class already. And then that same student then did. And she wasn't on what um, I've had podcasting teams. And then this semester, we actually made text message courses for the chapters. So I have those to hand off to the next students that they can take the text message courses developed by this semester. But I'm not sure how much I'll do with that going forward. Um, they still need to be perfected. But, um. And she was on a text message course team and she still then decided to like make a podcast for her final project. So Mm -hmm. it was just the aspect that I could, It. so I don't know that it surprised me, but it was just confirmation of the fact that I knew that if you introduce it, that some of them may decide, even ones that didn't actually do it firsthand, it just gave them permission. It it kind of introduced something that um, they could see themselves doing then. So that was a good surprise.
0: College, let's see, college age. So this is people 18 to 21, somewhere in there.
1: I teach at a community college. Uh, so okay. So this uh, could be Doug. a whole
0: range of yeah. continue to add and everything. Uh, I was going to say, this might make the question a little harder to answer. Um, is there anything that you saw them struggle with? And, and I don't want to put ideas in your head by giving you suggestions, but like, were there any threads of like, oh, this keeps coming up. They keep struggling with
1: I mean, the same things that we all struggle with. That, like, who am I? <laughs> what do you do? Why did it, I don't? You know, um, just and I realized that I need. You know, they need more practice with conversation and with um, trying to see themselves asking questions before I put them in that position again. So again, this was an experimental semester and. Um, I went in with the vision of create, I had never created text message courses either. So I really put, and I had never used Microsoft Teams. So it was just like,
0: (laughs) all the new tools,
1: (laughs) all the new tools. Um, but we got there and that, that was, they always get surprised at the end that like, even as painful as it is in the process that you can look back and be like, I knew nothing about any of this and now look where, what we've created. And, and that part is different than like, they don't have that same sense of accomplishment if you just gave them a bunch of tests because they've been doing that since they were little, you know, Mm. it's not, it doesn't have the same kind of pride and ownership. And and I don't think it sets them up for being the kind of creator that the world needs.
0: Hmm. I'm glad that you highlighted the sense of accomplishment, that empowerment. That's a, I think that's a great place to stop. So Nicole, it was as always a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. So thanks for taking a half hour out of your day.
1: Thank you for having me and letting me talk about this and keep clarifying my thinking around it.
0: <laughs> my it will continue
1: to evolve. So <laughs> check in with me in like two weeks and I'll probably have a whole new perspective. No. Great. Thank you thanks. so much. Bye. Bye.